Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's going on, y'all? So this week, we brought you the story of Latasha Harlins. And um, this was a story that's uh, an old story, and a lot of people are familiar with this story. But I'm all, I was surprised by how many people are not familiar with the story. And I don't know why I'm surprised, but I think, you know, when you know a story and you've heard it a few times and you've seen it places, you kind of assume that it's a story that maybe a lot of people know or not— I should say everybody knows because a lot of people do know the story, but everybody doesn't. I also have to remember that there's been an entire generation of people born since this happened. I mean, yeah. you know, this happened in 1991. So, you know, you could, if you're in your early 20s right now, this happened way before you were born. Right. And you know they probably I mean? don't know what you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the way that, you know, news is carried and, and, th- and people find out things. A lot of people, you know, don't always know about things that you think, oh, well, this is something that everybody know about. But that's not the case. So this story, like I said, is a story that a lot of people do know about. But um, it was a story that I wanted to tell for the fact that there are people who don't know the story. Um, That's always a reason to retell a story, especially one like this, that has so many things, so many elements that are still very relevant in t- to today, even though it happened in 1991. You know what I mean? Um, it's a case where we know the outcome. It is a solved case. But, you know, there was a lack of justice, a miscarriage of justice, actually, in this case. And so because of those elements, it's just one of those stories that's important to tell. It's also uh, important to keep Latasha's name, you know, her her story kind of you know, out there. It's part of, you know, honoring the memory of what happened to this child, essentially, this this brutal murder inside of this store. So that's the reason why I chose this story this week. It was a story that also um, people have suggested to me before. And so I just definitely wanted to take, you know, an opportunity to tell Latasha's story. Um, yeah, I didn't know people suggested this story. It's a good story to suggest, number one, for Black Girl Going, because, mm-hmm. of course, Black Girl Going focuses focuses in on the murder and missing, uh, mur- murder and missing Black women yeah, and uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this story uh, brings the conversation about yeah. what people of uh, color, you know, kind of go through. Yeah. And um, 
I think it's a conversation that um, this platform uh, could elevate, could elevate, did mm-hmm. elevate, and it gives this this platform just another area uh, to cover. You yeah, know what just mean? something else to explore. I yeah. think that it's you know there's there's layers to this you know podcast and to this show, and I think that understanding that yes, there are a lot of stories uh, that. In the true crime genre, you know, there, you know, we we talk about a lot of missing and murdered black women, but there, there's all different types of stories within even within that category is what I'm trying to say. You know, within that genre, uh, the, within true crime, there's so many ways and so many stories that you know are true crime because we have to remember that true crime is that that's exactly what it is. It's true crime. Right. You know what I mean? It's not just like only sensationalized stories or only stories where there's like all of these twists and turns. Like right. that's not, that's not the definition of true crime. True crime is just real crimes real, real, that have happened. Yeah. You know everyday I mean? crime. And everyday crimes. Exactly. Everyday crimes and, yeah. and, and murders. And, and there's things that, like I said, there's always things that I think that we can learn from these stories and in the midst of honoring the victims and making sure that people understand their stories there's also things that we as listeners, me as the storyteller, um, can learn from these and these stories, especially stories like Latasha's. Definitely. We are about to go into the story, give the recap. But before okay. we do, mm-hmm. this is a special afterthoughts. This is about the communities, uh, one of those stories. Uh, some stories we're not sure um, about, you know, the location, mm-hmm. but uh, we've been to L.A., We've mm-hmm. been that was our that was our first vacation together. Yeah, it was LA. Um, so but this is about the hoods in LA. So uh the views and opinions. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, I mean if a, you live a... if you live in the city, shout out to LA. If you live in the city, um, you know, you you really know that these things kind of go on. So. Yeah, yeah. You're, so it's it's not even it's not unique to LA. Yeah, not some, at all. Some parts are some because are. It's LA, but some of it aren't. Some of some of the things are yeah, not. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? So, All right, hit it. Okay, so just a really brief recap of Latasha's story. So Latasha Harlins was a 15-year-old girl living in South Central Los Angeles. Um, and she was living with her grandmother. Her mother had been uh, murdered on Thanksgiving um, uh, six years prior to Latasha's uh, untimely murder. So at the time she was living, um, prior to her death, she was living with her grandmother. Uh, On March the uh, 16th, Latasha went to, March 16th, 1991, Latasha went to uh, the local, a local convenience store, Empire Liquors, Deli Mart, and she went there to buy some orange juice for her family. Um, She had the money to buy the orange juice. She goes in. She gets the orange juice out of the refrigerator. She puts it in her bag, and she goes up to the counter. But the uh, owner of the store, who was behind the register, one of the owners, the wife of the owner, uh, Sunja, she starts accusing Latasha of stealing. Um, she ends up, you know, Latasha denies that she's stealing, but Sunja grabs Latasha. Uh, a struggle ensues. Latasha is able to break away, but as she leaves, Sunja grabs a gun that was kept under the counter and shoots Latasha in the back of the head, killing her. Sunja is arrested. Sunja is put on trial. Sunja is found guilty. But during her sentencing, the judge decides that she agrees with 
the defense's theory that Sunjaa was in fear of her life and therefore um, gives her a 10-year suspended sentence, which means she doesn't go to jail, probation, uh, community service, and a $500 fine. And Sunjaa never served uh, one day in jail for Latasha's murder. Uh, and so that's the story of Latasha Harlan's, well, that's the kind of the the meat and bones of, of her story. Obviously, if you listen to this week's story, uh, we talked a lot about the background of Latasha. We spent a right. lot of time spending time about who she was and kind of the things that she went through. That was important to me because I, you know, obviously I always do that for every victim if that information is available. But in Latasha's story, uh, as much as I had heard her story, I did not know those things about her background until I started doing the research for this episode. I had okay. no idea that her mother had been murdered. I had n- none of those. I had no idea about any of that. So that was new information for me. But I felt like it was such an important part of her story. It, you know, it. She's not defined by any of these tragedies of her life. But I think it's just, like I said in the episode, it it really, honestly, in in all honesty, it really just makes her story that much more sad. It does because she just really never had a chance. She had at fifteen. I mean, just that's so young to have all of these things happen. It's very reminiscent of the uh, Tiani Thea story. Tiani lost her mom. You know, different circumstances of their deaths, but still. Um, young women, young girls, I should say, who were whose mothers were tragically, you know, um, Tiani's mom had the accident. Latasha's mom was murdered at a really pivotal age in their life, right. and and then also in Latasha's story, you had the uh, domestic abuse that she had been witnessing. So you know, there were so many layers I felt to who she was, even in that really short period of time that um, I wanted to make sure that I told that as part of the way, you know, I told this story this week. Definitely. And this is how I kind of piece it together from, you know, my perspective. Um, Sometimes when you look at people and they're um, from a city and they're growing up in the hood and all of these things have happened to Mm -hmm. them, compiled with... Uh, sometimes poverty and loneliness and um, just all the things that come along with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their 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 edge and them being short and mm-hmm. curt and not you know responding to you, yeah. they're not even mad at you. It's a lot of stuff that's just it's just a lot of stuff that's going we, on. Our, we've said this you know before, I mean? like you know, it, it's 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 easy to judge someone who has limited opportunities if you're someone who has opportunities. It's easy for you to look down and say, "Oh, well, these people are like this and they like that." Um, be, but like you said, people are products of their environment, and they are um, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, their emotions are dictated by their environment. You know what I mean? Like if you're growing up in a in an area or in a in a situation where you know, like you said, it's, there's poverty, there's abuse, there's uh, addiction, there's you know squalor. You know, you walk outside your door and there's trash everywhere and abandoned buildings and it's you know. It's like a cloud is always over it. You know right. what I mean? Like, how happy can you ever be? Like, where 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 are you getting that from? You know what I mean? And and especially if you never get a chance to escape that, if you never get a chance to see what's outside of that kind of darkness, yeah. What are you? What are you to be happy about? How you? What? Why do you even? What do you even know about speaking to somebody or being polite or, or you know? And even if you do, 
there's still, like you said, there's this, there's this um, hardness. And I think that's, that's part of, even in Latasha's story, because in, in the, you know, when I was researching her case, that's kind of things that people said about her. Like she had this exterior that was really tough and she was this, you know, but really deep down inside and not even that deep down inside, just inside, she was a really sweet girl. She was really kind. She was giving. She took care of her brothers and her brother and sister. You know, she was, she, that's who she was. Right. But life, even in that really short period of time had made her hard. And how could it not? You know, um, there are plenty of people, people probably even listen to this episode who can relate to Latasha's story, who may have grown up witnessing abuse, you know, um, growing up in an environment that was violent and there was gangs and, you know, there's, there's, so people can relate to that. And, and like I said, everybody handles those things differently. Everybody internalizes those differently, those things differently. And sometimes it can make you harder. Sometimes it can make you softer, <laughs> you know, it just, right. it just depends. You know what I mean? Um, but, and, you know, in Latasha's case, I definitely think that it, it definitely went more towards the, the harder. Like she, she didn't want people to, um, to mess with her, to, to take advantage of her. She didn't want to be a victim, you know, and, and that may have came from watching her mom be a victim for so long. You know what I mean? Latasha may have been like, listen, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be, you know what I mean? And not that she, you know, I didn't get any impression that she was like a bully, but I did get the impression that even at a, even at a young age, Latasha was like, you know, don't mess with me. You know what I mean? But, yeah, you know, but, yeah. So, yeah. All right, so let's set the scene. Mm -hmm. um, in this um, story last week, um, you talk about uh, Rodney King mm -hmm. and... Um, 1991, mm -hmm. um, Rodney King was beaten by the Los Angeles yeah, Police California Department. Yeah, Highway Patrol, Los Angeles PD. Mm -hmm. And um, the year that it happened and the year that he suffered that punishment mm -hmm. um, in that March, Days later, this situation happened. Yeah. So within, yeah. So talk about that. For me. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a really crazy thing. That's another thing that I guess I, like I said, I didn't know prior to doing this story was um, the closeness and proximity to um, the Rodney King beating. So Rodney, the Rodney King beating, beating, beating happened in March, March third, I believe, March third, nineteen ninety one. And then uh, Latasha was murdered on March sixteenth, nineteen ninety one, and so all of these 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 two these two really um, huge events happened within days, within two weeks of each other, um, and that's really crazy. The other thing that they had both in common was the footage. You know, we had the. Uh, footage of the Rodney King beating because of the man who captured it from his balcony. And then you also had, in Latasha's case, the surveillance footage from inside the store, which captured the whole entire event between Latasha and Sunja and captures Sunja shooting Latasha as she is turning and walking out of the store. 
you know, and and of course we're talking about the the reason why the the footage in these cases is significant is because it's 1991, right. and. <laughs> You know, there are no cell phone cameras. Like now, yes, every single thing that happens uh, damn near, we see it on camera. You right. know what I mean? Whether, you know, regard, regardless of what the results ultimately are, like we see it happening all the time. Like in the past, you know, five, six years, the amount of times we've seen, um, you know, police, you know, brutalizing people on camera, you know, fights and counters. Oh, we see, we see it all. Yeah, but in there. 1991, this is not something that you saw a lot. You know what I mean? And so for both of those things to happen within this short period of time um, is, is really significant. I think that, you know, there was, there was a, 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 a tension boiling in LA at that point anyway. And those, two events happening and then the results of those events it just you know it set every it set everything into motion um i think it's interesting that i think it's interesting to know how much what happened to latasha also played a part in the anger that ignited the la riots in 1992 right. yes it was a lot about the rodney king verdict because it had it started the the day that the verdict came out but the anger that had been boiling up in people had been boiling up since march 1991, when all of these things first happened, and then even, you know, eight months later with Latasha's murder basically getting a slap on the wrist, by the time April happened and Rodney King's, uh, the, the the cops are acquitted of the in the beating of Rodney King, people are like just, you know, it just, like I said, it just got to in a, a boiling point and people exploded. Um, but... It was very much, like I said, the Latasha Harlan's case was very much a part of the the kind of fabric of that those, those riots. It was a part of it. You know what I mean? It didn't happen after her verdict, but like I said, it was a it was a culmination of people's emotions, people's anger, people's frustration, and the Rodney King verdict was pretty much like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, you know I mean? definitely. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get into comments. Let's go to um, something that I uh, kind of just uh, looked at because of this situation. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the relationship between uh, uh, Korean stores, Asian stores, and Black people living in America and patroning those mm-hmm. stores. So a lot of comment about that just because this is what the story was about. Yeah. And uh, what I went right to uh, was 1993 Minister Society. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Lorenz Tate and uh, Tyron Turner. They played Kanan Old Dog. Mm-hmm. The first scene of the movie mm-hmm. um, takes place in South Central LA. South Central. So you got to imagine it was, it came out in 93. Yeah. This happened two years ago. Um, the Hughes after. brothers yeah. were filming this mm-hmm. kind of during the time. During that, yeah, during the time where yeah. it happened. So it's L.A. Mm-hmm. and um, they're they're in a scene. The first scene of the movie yeah. is Lorenz Tate mm-hmm. um, coming in the store um, with Tyron Turner, Kane mm-hmm. and Dog to buy forties from the from the Korean store. Yeah, and they kind of get into a confrontation. <clears throat> And 
uh, the confrontation, of course, turns violent. Yeah, you know what happened. Mm-hmm. If you if if, if you, you ain't seen, seen it, yeah, if you've seen it, I don't know how old y'all are, but go back. Yeah. you know, watch some of the cl- the the hood classics, and um, watch Menace to Society because mm-hmm. it is a depiction of what yeah, um, of, of what was going on in yeah. L.A. Tyron Turner is from L.A. He grew yeah. up in L.A. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So you sure. can imagine why they casted him. Like, yeah. Um, and what was going on at, at that, that time? time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think that here's the thing. Um, and we, like I said, we talked about this during the episode. I don't think anybody can... Um, uh, deny the fact that the Korean stores were being robbed during that time. Right. They were going to rob the store. It didn't matter who the owner was because <laughs> they wanted to rob the store. Right. You could have been black, white, brown, purple, turquoise. <laughs> if they wanted to come up there and rob the store, they were going to rob the store. Um, it, it it wasn't, you know, so I think that's because of of the the climate in which these stores were 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 in these this, that's just the, that was the the climate of the time of the area um this is this was an area that had uh, was poverty stricken that you know had had seen a significant decline just like a lot of black communities um during that time you know especially in the 80s once the crack epidemic happened um you know a lot of communities saw the things happened that were happening in LA it's not it wasn't unique to LA um, I think the problem was that you you can't you you can't d- decide that you're going to judge an entire race of people based on the fact that the people that keep robbing you are are black. Okay, cool, but you also are in a black neighborhood. It's also a lot about proximity. You know what I'm saying? Sure like not. everybody that lives in this community is black. So if there's <laughs> going to be a crime that is committed, like more likely it's going to be committed by somebody. Who is black? You know right. what I mean. It's not. It's not. Does does not make it more. There are gangs everywhere. You right. know what I mean, you can go to another country, and I'm pretty sure you can find a gang. And guess what? Everybody is going to look like whatever the majority ethnicity is in that country. Right. So that's just what. That's just what it is. Um. So that's the problem with that. You know what I mean. It's not that you can't be upset that people are putting a gun to your face and robbing you. I think you should be upset about that. Right. I think yeah. you should be angry about those things. I think you should want that to stop. Judging an entire race of people based off that is is wrong. Because at the same time, where you have the fact that yes, there are gang members that are coming in there and robbing their store. There are also everyday people that work that come in there and patron their store. Otherwise, their stores wouldn't be open. The store couldn't be open if people weren't spending money. If you were only getting robbed, right. there would be no store. If everybody right. just came in there and stole stuff, you know what I mean, or put a gun to your face and took stuff, took your money, well, there wouldn't be a store there for very long. So, yeah. you know, these stores had been in the community for a long time, and they, um, I'm pretty sure there are people that had frequented the stores a lot. So. There, there's always yeah. there's two sides it to it. Like you I get mean, the understanding of a fear of of, a, of a being tired of being robbed, of right. course. But that does not give an excuse to judge an entire community of people in which you have decided to place your business and knowing full well that there are people that do come in there and spend their hard-earned money, people that do need that 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 like you said, when they first came to the communities after the Watts riot. When the when the property value had gone down after the community had been destroyed and the Korean businesses started buying them up and putting their stores at first they were welcome you know what I mean um, but there was 
number one, there's, there's there was going to be a cultural difference between the Korean store owners and and the black people in the community. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, sure. And do. then there were. Um, I heard that they were biases not given, that, I heard, that I heard, Korean store owners came already with about black people. Right. I heard. I heard you also. Uh, you, they uh, wouldn't give them give them jobs. Yeah, like, and not everyone. Not yeah, everyone. How many jobs did you have? But you, they yeah, they don't have. They wasn't these are small businesses, but they weren't. But they, but a lot of them. And like I said, it wasn't all of them because actually, ironically, Latasha's uncle worked for a little while at the Empire Liquor, where she ended up being murdered. He actually worked there for a little. I'm not not sure how long he okay. worked there, but he actually worked there. Which people say what I was watching, reading in some of the reporting may have been the reason why, although everyone else didn't like to go to that store, Latasha may have felt like, oh, it's, it can't be that bad. I don't, I don't know. But I do know that her uncle worked at the store at one point. So it wasn't every single Korean store wouldn't hire Black people, but enough of them didn't that it created a tension within the community between the Black people and the Korean store owners. Um, then you do have the situation where uh, Korean store owners were being robbed, so that created even more tension. Then, um, you know, a lot of Black patrons of these stores said that the, um, you know, Korean store owners would be falsely accusing them of shoplifting and just, you know, things like that. And so the tension between these communities just grew. And like I said in the episode, the murder of Latasha Harlins did not help with any type of kumbaya at that point between the Koreans <laughs> yeah. and, and the black community. It just was not going to happen at that point. It was like, eh, this is, you know. So, you know, in, in some ways it ended up getting worse because, you know, the black people started boycotting the Korean businesses. Um, and then, of course, once the riots took place, the Korean businesses, which— represented a lot of the businesses took a brunt of the um uh, took a brunt of it during the riots. I mean, 88% of Korean businesses were burned to the ground. You know, they they took they took a big hit because their businesses, like I said, I mean, I think yes, it was a riot um and I'm pretty sure there were Korean businesses that were being targeted, but they also did represent a large portion of the businesses in these communities and they were burning down everything. Yeah. So so, so yeah. So, I think that, you know, like you said, if you live in the city, I don't know what city you live in, but we live in the city of Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, most sh- of our— All so, right. So, there's two Hold type of stores that you got in the city. Hold up. This is the city, and I don't care. Well, you you know, you got New York everywhere got stores. Yeah. I mean, we live in Philly. But we got we got two in got, our neighborhood right there. We, yeah. we had all the time. And Philly and New York, like, we have some similarities. Like, yeah. But in but the, Philly, like, we have—and like I said, I don't I can't speak for any other city. You might going to be like, oh, we got that in our city. So I'm not saying you don't. But in Philly— we have we got the corner stores. Most of them are we, we refer to them as poppy stores, the poppy, right? Because the poppy mo- we sort of poppy, you know, affectionately call poppy stores poppy because store. most of Love them the are owned store. by Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, and you know, it's just a it's a as a term of endearment. Hey, pop, let me get you know, let me get a cheesesteak. What's up, pop? Like it's just you know, so we call them poppy stores. I know in New York they call their you know their stores bodega. They call them a bodega, right? A bodega. In Philly, we call them poppy stores. Poppy stores. But we also have um, some of our convenience stores, our corner stores are owned by Koreans. All of our, almost all of the hair stores, you know, black women, we know, we go to our hair store, we get our, you know, we get our our edge control, we go get the things we need, you know, get, get lashes, you know what I'm saying, yeah. whatever you're going to get, you know. Yaki. You might get a wig, you know what I mean, depending on what type of, you know, I don't know, you know, if you went into hair store wigs, you go to the hair store. But anyway, but in here in Philly, 
um, most of our hair stores, if not, I would say, actually, all of them are owned by Koreans. Right. Um, and, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's something that I, I know we are aware of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're aware that, you know, that the stores in our community are not owned by people that necessarily reflect the people in that community. Um, a lot of times we develop relationships with those people and, and we, you know, and everything is cool. And, you know, you, you know, you speak, hey, pop, hey. Hey, hey, Miss Kim, you know, it's, 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 you know, for the most part, but we are very much aware of, of the, the fact that these businesses are in our communities, you know what I mean? Um, And I think that, you know, there are some people that wish that we held these businesses to higher standards when they come into our communities, you know what I mean? Um, That they treated us a certain way, that they don't overcharge us, that they don't take advantage of us, um, those type of things, that that they're actually there in the community to provide a service, which is to have a store that is convenient. Because it is convenient to have a store at the corner that you can just walk down to and grab a a bag of rice. Well, I will (laughs) say at this point, that's why I said, Mm -hmm. you know, all the views. I mean, you know, I understand the story, but you know, the store, though. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you need the store. I'll be yeah. at the store, y'all. I'll be at the store, y'all. I'm sorry, we, guys. We as, I, we as black people... I'll be at the store. You know, I'm not, we're not going to get into a deeper conversation. <laughs> no. It's, it's, a deep, it's a deeper conversation <laughs> we can get into about why there's a lack of black-owned businesses in black communities. Yeah, but we, we're not going to uh, talk about that right man. now because I don't... We'd we be on here for the next three hours. <laughs> um, but if you know, you know. Yeah, you know you what I mean? You know why... You know, you know that there are and y'all be systemic the, issues that y- contribute to the lack of black businesses in black communities. But y'all be at the store too, so don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, but, but a lot of it is because we have no choice. Yeah, we, have, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you have yeah, no, you definitely. have no choice but to use. A lot of people use the poppy store. They use the corner store because they have no choice. They have to. They, you know, like I said, you, they're they they. You can get, um, you know individual things. They sell things differently. You can, you know what I mean? They 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 under table some stuff, you know what I mean? And so it's it's a convenience. Yeah, it's I mean? definitely about But like convenience. I said, but it's not just you the 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 overall thing is that you still want the businesses in your community to come into your community and and respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to and to and to respect the people that that do spend their money there. You know what I mean? I can't control the gangbangers or the or the or the or the guys that want to rob you. I'm sorry. That's or not or my, somebody that or come somebody in there and act. Steal. Or somebody that come in there and act ignorant. Yeah, like I can't control right. that. But what I do expect is that the people that do come in there and show you respect and spend their hard-earned money, that you return that to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but and I think that's and I think that's in every establishment. Yeah. Let's get this straight. But I think that 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 like I said, I think that even 32 years. Um, after Latasha Harlan's murder and the issues that existed between um, the black community and the businesses that were there, that that has not really changed. It, it really hasn't. The dynamic um, of that, the demographics of that have not changed. Um, a lot of, you know, like I said, if you live in the city, especially if you live in Philly, um, you know, you know, cities like this, you, you know that this is even 32 years later still very much um, a part of the, you know, our communities. Okay. Well, saying that, I say, uh, I can, I understand where you're coming from. Definitely. I, I pulled up an article on NBC News it's from last year that, it, and it says that um, it's specifically about the uh, LA riots that Korean American, the Korean American black conflict during the LA riots was overemphasized. 
by the media. Is that something that you believe? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could have possibly been overemphasized yeah. by the media. I mean, the media is always going to try to take things and, you know, make it a, a story. Um, but I, I I, think that there was definitely issues. I, don't th- I think that if you were to speak to people who lived in L.A. during that time, um, I think that they would all say that there were issues. I don't think that um, it was like a... a, a what should I say? I don't think they were on like the brink of a race war between blacks and Koreans, right. but I do think that there were tensions. I think that you know, like they said, they surveyed Korean store owners and they had these race, this racial animus towards uh, towards black people. I think that there were definitely black people in the community that were unsatisfied with the way that they were being treated by some of these Korean businesses. And like I said. I couldn't tell you it was all of the Korean businesses or was all of the black people, but I do think that it was enough that there were um, that there were issues going on between them, and I do think that the Latasha Harlan situation um, added to that tension uh, and created a different um, a different type of tension. I think at the end of the day, though. What ultimately Latasha's Harlan, Latasha Harlan's murder, and then the basically slap on the wrist of her murderer, really showed people how little black girls are um, cared for in this country. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of who her murderer was, the fact that a fifteen-year-old black girl getting shot in the back of the head didn't give someone who was found guilty an automatic life sentence, just lets you know how undervalued Black lives are, especially the lives of little Black girls. So I think that's that's the takeaway. I think that people eventually, um, you know, were able to get past it in, in some ways in terms of the tension in the, in the Black and Korean community. You know, I think the cultural differences that exist and some of the history um, means that there are some issues that will always exist. Uh, I was reading about how uh, the Korean businesses, um, not Korean businesses, Koreans um, during the 2020 um, George Floyd protests, how uh, a lot of their communities and organizations led the charge in terms of um, organizing, you know, protests and showing up and things like that. And I think there's been, you know, there's there's attempts at reconciliation, especially as newer generations, you know, get older and they, you know, there's 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 a there's a generation that wants to reconcile certain things and 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 come together and try to you know make right of wrongs and things like that. So. Um, yeah, definitely. Speaking of um, make right or wrong, there is a pro- director, producer. Uh, she is Korean. Um, she dropped a documentary called Liquor Store Dreams. Um, it's about her family, her Korean dad, mom, living in L.A., having a liquor, liquor store, um, kind of living through that time period. Um and her documentary is kind of just documenting what she went through um, during that time and basically trying to bridge the gap between, um, you know, people of kind of all, all colors, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and kind of understanding, you know, everybody. And I think that um, I came across it, you know, just looking through... Um, you know, stories about, you know, mm-hmm. 
Latasha's story, mm-hmm. and this, you know, this came up, and I thought it, I thought it was just a good project to, you know, yeah. help bridge the gap, mm-hmm. gap, and 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 realize, you know, you know, it's a, so, sometimes it's just understanding yeah. and, and try and and having a heart to and love it, and, and understand. And, and, and you it's know never, you know, when we talk about any of these things, it's never all. It's not. It's never everybody. That's not. That's not possible. It couldn't have been every single person. It couldn't have been all the Koreans that own stores. You cannot. Um, assign an all to a, to a situation because nobody knows. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Um, that for sure, I don't know. So, you know, I think that you know some in some of the articles that I read, um, they were saying that there were, uh, you know, they were interviewing uh, Korean business owners or Koreans in the area, and they after the Sunja verdict came out, and they did not agree that she should not have gotten jail time. You know, they they did, you know, there was, you know, some sentiment and some, you know, feeling something for her. But there were people that there were, there were you know, Koreans in the area, Korean business owners that did not agree that she should not have gotten jail time. So it wasn't like this whole groundswell of support for Soon Ja and, and, you know, and her her ultimate acquittal, basically. And not, well, it wasn't acquittal. She was found guilty. But like I said, the slap on the wrist. So... I say all that to say, like, yeah, there, there's, there's not this, this is not a, an assignment of all of, of anybody. You know what I mean? There's, there's situations and there's circumstances and certain people, and you know, but it's not about all. So I don't want anybody to get the impression like I'm saying, well, all of them and everybody, and I'm, I would never say that because no, I don't know I mean, everybody and yeah. I don't know all people. And it's just a, and it's, and, a, and at the end of the day, it's just a story. Of you know of of America. Yeah, this is and, one and, of our and it's stories. a story about this particular situation and 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 how it ultimately um, ended up. And like I said, th- this story could have happened this year. We could have been talking about March twenty twenty three, and the results of this could have been the same because it's very much. Um, a, it's not about black versus Korean. It's really about how, like I said before, how much the justice system continuously fails black people. <laughs> like that yeah. to me, that's just that's the that's the that's my takeaway from this. You know my takeaway. My takeaway is that this is a story about how the justice system continuously fails black people, especially black women, especially young black women. Because I don't like I said, I don't care what color her killer was. Now I can probably say had her killer been uh, a black man, it would have been more likely that she he would have not gotten a 10-year suspended sentence <laughs> right. uh, in, in community service had he been a black woman. Under the would, jail, so judge. So let's, let's just be <laughs> yeah. for real. Like, let's not let's not act crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I shouldn't say no matter the color because, yes, matter the color. But in this situation, it doesn't matter the color because yeah. that person— Regardless of whether, like I said, they was black, brown, black, brown, white, purple, or turquoise, they should have gotten a life sentence for murdering a 15-year-old girl in, in cold blood. Maybe she could have came up for parole in 30 years and got out on good behavior. I don't know. But she definitely should have went to jail. There's no way. There's, 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 there's absolutely no way. Um, and so that's that's really, like I said, ultimately that's my takeaway about the story is, is that. It's, it's, it's about... The justice system and how, you know, it could have happened, like I said, March of 2023. And so little has changed in terms of that, that this very well could have happened. We've seen it happen time and time again, whether it was a police officer, whether it was George Zimmerman. We've seen it happen. We've we've seen it happen. So 
Um, that's why, you know, I could, like I said, I could have told the story and changed the dates and said this was March 2022 and y'all wouldn't have none, known the wiser. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't have been like, oh, this couldn't happen today. Yes. Yes, it could. And it does. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's go to, uh, you talked about George Floyd. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Watts riots, LA riots, mm-hmm. then, um, take it to 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in the crib. Uh, Officer Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, murders. George Floyd. Protests everywhere. Uh, protests all over the country mm-hmm. about the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. Um, do you see a significance in the years that pass by and how uh, Derek Chauvin, even though this is a separate case because he's not an employee, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was an officer. Like, do you see, mm-hmm. you know, in your mind, do you see that the time period has changed because in the that situation, Latasha, that verdict, and that Rodney King, and that verdict, mm-hmm. but... 2022, mm-hmm. he was convicted last year, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you see? Well, whenever yeah, he was convicted, yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was last year. Yeah. Um, do you see a difference there? Do you see what? What's your outlook on where we're at? Like, as far as you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't. I accountability. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, I, I think like I think it's like what I said. I don't. I don't think that not much has changed. I think that. <sighs> That George, the George Floyd, um, sadly was not the rule, but it was the exception. You know what I mean? Like we don't see that happening that often, and you know we see it happening, I guess, more often than we did thirty-two years ago when this happened to Latasha and um, what happened to Rodney King. We we see it happening more, um, and I think that has to do with the availability of cell phones, the fact that we're seeing it more. Um, I think it's harder for people to ignore people, anybody with a conscience, it's hard for them to ignore. It's hard for them to watch. You know, we just um, had even recently in, you know, uh, the Tyree Nichols, um, Mm -hmm. we watched him be mercilessly beat on camera by the police. This is two years after, three years after George Floyd. You know what I mean? And so... You know, and and you know, the, the the police officers were arrested and they were fired and they are going and they were charged with with Tyree's with Tyree's murder, um, and so like I said, we we see it happening more in the, in terms of especially when it comes to the accountability of police officers and law enforcement. There there's definitely been a rallying cry um, for more of that. We saw a guilty verdict in um the Ahmad Arbery case with those the three the three white men yeah, that, that was that that was that was crazy we watched that whole so we're, trial we, we was, are so i don't want to act like oh well we're not seeing uh-huh. justice and we 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 are we yeah. are but i think that you know obviously in the years before George Floyd we didn't see a lot of it between if you're talking about between Latasha and Rodney King and George Floyd, we saw very little of this. We saw Mike Brown. We saw Tamir Rice. We saw Sandra Bland. 
we saw, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the same year that we saw, um, uh, that we, you know, well, we didn't see this, but the, the, the same year that we saw George Floyd be murdered, um, a few months before that, um, uh, we saw um, uh, Breonna Taylor. Our name just like brain slip. We saw Breonna Taylor. Yeah, we too we many heard names. about Breonna. Yeah, we heard about Breonna Taylor. It's just too many names. Breonna Taylor's murder. So it's just like it, it happens all, and those are just the names that we know. Those are just the names that became popular, that hit the mainstream, that were represented by Ben Crump. You, you know, but there, this is happening all of the time. So, if you want to know how I feel about it, I mean, I guess there's like a a, a glimmer of 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 hope and some change, but it's not nearly enough and it's not happening nearly enough um, for anybody to say, oh yeah, oh yeah, we were robbed. Oh yeah, finally, we we here. We're, I don't think anybody could say that. Um, I, I don't even know if we're on the trajectory because the trajectory could easily change. It could go, it could go left. We could, we could spend the next 20 years watching black people be murdered on camera and nobody get convicted mm. or charged with their murders. I have no idea. Uh-huh. I, I really have no idea. So, you know, like I said, I think that the George Floyd situation was um, unique in that, and unique in the timing of it. I think a lot of people even now can look back, and even then at the time, like, George Floyd, that situation, I think blew up so much, not only because obviously we witnessed someone be murdered on camera, but also because we were all home. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I went, as you know, I went to the, the, the protest. I yeah. went to two. I actually went to two. I was like, well, it's, yeah, here if, in the city, if, COVID, like, if COVID here, I might as everybody well. Everybody was home. Everybody was using social media. Social yeah. media use was at like an all-time high. And so, you know, the, the yeah, shares, I, the people watching oh, it, the, man. the outrage. I went to two I went to two protests. I was like, if COVID is here, I'm wearing my mask. <laughs> and yeah. this situation, you got yeah, to get out. It was really crazy. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I think... Unfortunately, obviously, since things have kind of, you know, I guess going back to normal and we've gone back to our normal lives, everybody going back to work and, yeah. you know, the masks are off. Um, the outrage is not the same when these things are happening. Now, I think that, like I said, people are paying more attention because, like I said, we saw it with the Tyree Dickel situation. That was that was crazy. Like, that was another kind of um, crazy situation. It didn't require the protests and, you know, all of that type of outrage, but it gained enough attention and enough outrage that that something happened and that um, that the officers were, were charged with with Tyree's murder. So, you know, like I said, I, 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 I really don't know. Like I said, a little bit of, little bit of you know, yeah. say a little bit, but not enough, not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. And there was a long time when there was nothing happening. Thing. Um, I did read an article, and uh, it's a press release from the Justice Department again. And it says, Justice Department finds civil rights violations by the Minneapolis Police Department mm-hmm. and the city of Minneapolis. Yep. Um, and uh, it says, following a comprehensive investigation, the Department of Justice announced today that the Minneapolis Police Department and the city of Minneapolis engage in a pattern or practice of conduct in violation of the U.S. Constitution and federal law. Uh, specifically, the Justice Department finds that the uh, MPD uses excessive force 
including unjustified deadly force and unreasonable use of tasers. Um, and then it says unlawfully discriminates against black people and Native American people mm-hmm. in its enforcement activities. Oh, who'd have thought? This yeah. is this is incredible. No <laughs> uh, including the use of force following stops, violates the rights of people engaged in protective speech, and along with the city, discriminates against people with behavioral health disabilities. Mm-hmm. When, when responding to calls for assistance. It's so, a smorgasbord don't of discrimination. Be, don't like, be mad at job. me. <laughs> I'm just reading what the Department yeah. of Justice. I mean, I you know, like I said, I don't I'm think anybody saying. who watched that this is the this is the police department that murdered George Floyd. So I don't think anybody is surprised by the Justice Department's findings. I think it's, you know, I, I think it's a good thing that they're at least finding those things and and making them obvious, um, like I said, only time will tell whether or not it'll change things. You know, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. They came out with this. They finished. Yeah, this was uh, this press. The press release came out June sixteenth. Yeah. So yeah. So we're talking about you know, like I said, a few weeks ago. So we'll see. You know, like we'll see if it if it makes a significant difference when you know a mirror is held up to them for them to see what it is. Hopefully, they can. Um, you know, shake the tree and get rid of enough bad apples that it'll make a difference. But, you know, we'll see. But I think that's, you know, that's good. It's positive. Yeah. So um, this was something different. And um, yeah. uh, as I told you, on the couch <laughs> <laughs> at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Was it 3 o'clock? Mm-mm. Well, what, whatever. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. As I told you, I had, you know, I, w- I wanted to kind of do something different with this episode just because, you know, we want to kind of expound on different conversations. Yeah. And um, like I said, and we always talk about, if you don't care, let's just say you don't care. Yeah. But don't act like it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. If you don't know that it's happening, you're not in these places, you can just learn. It's okay to learn. You know, just yeah. learn. But I mean, you know, yeah. if, if you don't learn care, that's different people's experiences. Yeah, yeah. people's like... experiences is different. It's not yours. So if you don't know, just be like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. That's all. In in conversations <laughs> like this, I mean, I think that, you know, it's like like I said, there's there's always there's way more layers to a to this type of conversation, you know what I'm saying? And we're not doing all that because this is black girl gone, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about this story, but um, there, there definitely was a lot surrounding this story that I thought that definitely was important to, to touch on and have that conversation and just, you know, like I said, it was very much about Latasha's experience and the environment and that that she grew up in, um, and that experience is the experience of a lot of Black people. And even if they didn't have the same story as Latasha, um, like I said, there's there's very similar experiences, and so. Yeah, you know definitely. And like I said, ultimately, definitely. you know, if you if you listen to the story, Latasha's family was actually failed by the justice system more than once. Um, and so you know, it's 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 an important story to tell to also keep, like I said, Latasha's memory alive because she's she's part of that conversation. She's part of that that George Floyd. Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Mike Brown, Sandra Bland. She's part of that conversation. Yeah. You know I mean, she's one of the names that we do know. 
the Rodney King, you know what I mean? Rodney right, King wasn't yeah, murdered, but he's definitely part of the con. He's he's the first part when everybody right. think about police brutality. He and was that, the poster child. And that first police. and and you talking about not only that police brutality and then rec- having something recorded, like yeah. that's oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. He's um, you're talking definitely, about some catching them on tape. Yeah, that was he was the first. It was, he was the, the first. first. Um, but like I said, Latasha's story is just as important, not only because of. Um, her age and how she died. But like I said, the miscarriage of justice that followed, that really is, um, that's a huge part of her story. You know what I mean? Um, what happened to Latasha. And and just to um, end, man, I just say, like, you know, <laughs> talking about just having people on tape, man, like, mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like, like I said, if you don't care, say you don't care. But it's like when you got some something on tape, it's always a judgment. Uh, it's never a judgment call. Like what happened is what happened. Like mm-hmm. if you if your uh, significant other was on tape cheating on, unless it was AI or you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Yeah. Like you'd be like, yo, what's the deal? Like you know what I mean. You probably, of course, you'd probably flip. But <laughs> like that's like you know yeah, no, this it's, is it's this is the stuff. And, and I think yeah, that's the that's the that's the benefit that we have in this day and age is that we can capture it on camera more. And I think that it will help people to become more outraged. And it means that that this that that when when it does happen, um, that we don't have to keep experiencing a lack of justice. That there's enough people that are outraged because they see it. And not just during a global pandemic when everybody's home, but when we're going about our everyday lives, when we're, you know, just, you know, searching on Instagram or scrolling on TikTok or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that we that we are still outraged if we see this. And that's just that's really that's just really it. Because like I said, we we can't stop bad things from happening to people. It's gonna happen. But when it does happen, Everyone, regardless of their race, regardless of their socioeconomic background, should receive the same kind of justice. Their their cases should not be determined about, you know, the level of care or concern about what happens to them should not be determined based right. on their race. Yeah. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be basically like that's not that bad just because they're black. Yeah, or try to <laughs> make excuses. That, you know, like I said, bad. like I said in the episode, there's always a um uh, a dehumanization of of black victims in these situations where we're bad. always not we, but there are people who are always trying to find a reason why this happened to them. Why you know? Oh, they were this, or they were that, or they did this, or he was like this. You know what I mean? They did it to Trayvon. They tried to oh, he was a thug, or he was this. You know, in the hoodie and the whole. They 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 you know they did it to Mike Brown. Oh, he you know he was a. What was they trying to say? Oh, he he stole cigars he from stole the store. It. He stole and, a, you know, uh, a, a Bluntville. Yeah, a Bluntville, some something. dollar cigar. Like it's just yeah. always something so minuscule, but they always use it as a way to try to. First of all, they bring it up as if it matters because isn't this person dead? Why does it even? Who cares? You know what I mean? But other than that, they also try to bring it up as a way to justify why I guess why people shouldn't care or why why this is why this should happen. Like yeah. Oh, I see. Yo, he stole a, a cigar for a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, I understand why a cop put three bullets in his chest. What? That, that, yeah. that, that, that those don't correlate, but it still happens. You know what I mean? Where they try to use things against them, and in, in Latasha's case, it did the same thing. You know, people. Well, why did she do this? Well, she should have did this. Well, yeah. Well, guess what? The ultimate shoulda is the Sunja shouldn't have picked up a gun and shot a fifteen-year-old in the back of her head over a dollar seventy-six orange juice because even if she was stealing it, oh well. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Up. Like, yeah, yeah. Call the cops. Call the police and report that she stole the orange juice. I'm pretty sure you've seen that girl before she went in there before. she, Her uncle used to work at the store. You know what I mean? Like, you could have just called the police. Instead, you decided to take matters into your own hands and accuse her of stealing, get into a, a scuffle with a 15-year-old, and then ultimately, as she's leaving, murder her. And ultimately, that's the, that's the only thing that matters about what Latasha did that day. Latasha mm. was murdered that day. That's mm. the only thing that mattered about Latasha's story that day. I don't care what she did with that orange juice. You know what I mean? You know, Straight so, up. So, you know, like I said, even if she had stole it, yeah, then she deserves to go to, I don't know, juvie. She right. doesn't deserve a bullet in the back of her head right. for a dollar seventy six orange juice. That's the ultimate thing about her story. Mm. So, yeah, that's this week's story. Well, I think... Um, and we covered so much, and uh, this was this was something that was needed uh, for this, you know, uh, platform. Just like I don't know, like I said, black girl going, you know, we we talk about the stories of murdered and, and missing black women, mm-hmm. but um, it's a bro- it's a broader conversation, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's such a bro- it's such a broader conversation. Definitely. And um, uh, thank you for. Uh, I had to get permission. Mm-hmm. Y'all. I was like, "Can we make this show different?" My wife said yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you for allowing uh, us to, you know, kind of do this format today. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything, anything you have left? No, yeah, like uh, you know, like I said, I thank everybody for listening to this week's episode. As always, uh, this was an important episode. If you had never heard Latasha's story, um, you know. Take, you know, I know you listened to the episode, but, you know, take a little peruse around. There's a lot of information about Latasha. There's documentaries There's so much around it. About her, um, about her. There's a documentary on Netflix about uh, Latasha that focuses a lot about her life. And it, and it, and it, and it definitely um, focuses on more of the positive parts of Latasha's childhood. And so, you know, if you're just interested in kind of learning more about her, there's a lot of stuff out there about Latasha and her story um, and the events surrounding her murder, you know, before and after. So, you know, I just wanted to let you guys know that. But other than that, that's it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week with brand new episodes. Of course, back on Monday with a brand new episode of Black Girl Gone, our normal episode. And then back again with uh, another Afterthoughts. So we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.